Hey guys, before we get started, if you have not yet heard, listen to, subscribe to our new podcast, Happy Brain. I'm going to tell you, you're missing out. I'm hosting this through the Tiny Leaps Big Changes Network, and it's a show about fun, quirky ways to keep your brain happy. They're short episodes, high energy, and lots of fun. So find Happy Brain wherever you listen to podcasts and make sure you hit that subscribe button. I remember one of the very first times I heard spoken word. I believe I was in my early 20s and my boyfriend at the time, who was a bit of a hippie, was into it and I was, man, I was immediately hooked. Now, I've always liked poetry, okay? When I was a little girl, I had a season where I was convinced that I would be a poet one day. (laughs) I once wrote a poem about a woman who was pretty special. Now, I learned that was a difficult word to rhyme, so I ended up naming her (sighs) Feshel, and that's a true story. Spoken word brought with it something even cooler, in my opinion, than a poem you could just read on paper. It brought power, conviction, and this level of boldness. Now, whether you're into poems or not, or into poems about a special woman named Feshel, or you're into the rhythms of spoken word poetry, I think one thing that we can all agree on is there are probably times in your life or in your work that you wanted to be a little more expressed, a little more bold. But the question is, how can we tap into that side of ourselves and feel comfortable with our voice being heard? I've always felt immensely. I was born with several falls. I have always felt small. I was told not to take risks. I may be blind, but I teach people how to see. And I'm proud to be an individual. This podcast is for you, the unconventional leader. Maybe you are the one that everyone discounted. Maybe you struggle with fear and self-doubt. We are here to empower the next generation of self-starters to step up. Use their voice and make an impact in this world. What's up, y'all? Welcome to today's episode. If this is your first time listening, how you doing? My name is Heather Parody. I am your host. Today, we have a spoken word poet to share with us how to own our voice, step into our power, and yes, be a little more bold. But before we get started, if you have not yet subscribed, make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening to this. And if you have not done so yet, make sure you leave us an honest review over on iTunes or your Apple podcasting app. Today we have with us Kim B. Miller, who is a spoken word poet, and her words have been described as bold as she is unapologetically blunt. She is the poet latte for Prince William County and the first African-American poet latte for PWC Virginia. Her poems have been published in African Voices magazine, DC newspaper, several magazines, et cetera, et cetera. She's amazing. And today we learn a little bit more about her journey to becoming a poet, but also tips and tricks for those of us who want to use our voice more boldly and more proudly, no matter what industry that you are in. She is going to share some spoken word. She is going to share something that's called a haiku. Now, what is that? Haiku is short-formed poetry originating from Japan, at least according to Wikipedia, which compromises of three sentences or phrases that usually contain 17 syllables with the first line having five, the second seven, and then five again. Of course, there are people who break the rules 
and their variations. But that's traditionally what a haiku is. So now that we got that covered, some of you may be wondering, well, what is spoken word? How is that different from poetry? Poet basically reads their poem, no inference, and a spoken word poet is supposed to make you feel their poem. And I'll give you Mm. an example of that by doing a haiku. It's okay to be scared, do it anyway, scare people, succeed too. That's a poet. Now, this is how I would read it. Haiku. It's okay to be scared. Do it anyway. Scared people succeed too. All right, y'all. Did y'all hear that passion? I think a lot of us have something inside of us that we want to express. But allowing ourselves to get into that vulnerable state, how do we get there? When I mentor young people, I tell them, you're going to be a poet? Don't listen to any poets, including me. Don't go to any open mics. Don't do any of that. Start off authentically you. Learn your craft. Learn how you're going to write it. Learn how you're going to speak it. Because what happens is, as we call it a cadence, how we speak when we do poetry, it's very easy to pick up someone else's cadence, not on purpose. So get that person out of your ear. Get yourself in your own head. Be authentically you. Once you're comfortable in who you are, then go listen to other poets. Now, I love that advice, not listening to other people, because I can understand logically how that would help me uh, define my own voice, right? Define my own style, but also makes me nervous because I don't know about you. Sometimes I get into this state of researching (laughs) um, and looking at what I quote, quote, should be doing with this or that. And you feel like sometimes that you need a guide. You need to look to others to figure out the format and the style and exactly what you should be doing. Am I the only one? Are you ever concerned that there is a, quote, right way to do this or that? First, you hone in on your on your process. So if you're filming, if you're writing, if whatever you're developing for your company, for yourself, do your research. Because someone's done it 15 times doesn't mean they've done it 15 times right. Your angle, I remember when I think it was, I saw a movie from Spike Lee and he did all these weird angles. And at first I was like, oh, this is annoying. Then I like, I fell in love with it. So just because you do it different doesn't mean it's wrong. Different is correct as long as you believe it's right for you. The problem is we pattern ourselves after everybody else. And then we wonder why we don't stand out because you copy someone else's blueprint. Be you. Now, y'all know I had to ask her about her childhood and where her love for words came from. I've always loved words, believe it or not. I was not a good speller. I couldn't spell when I was little. I was not a good speller. My mom said I always loved dancing and writing, but I wasn't a good speller. So they used to spell words to me in the car. Looking back from then, someone who wasn't good at spelling to someone who writes poetry almost every day, big leap. I feel like a lot of people have discovered their gifts and their calling wrapped up in some kind of either insecurity or something they were told that they weren't good at. It's interesting to me how the things sometimes we're drawn to are the things that sometimes bring us the most struggle and the most hurt and self-doubt. And I believe that's part of the learning pattern because sometimes being comfortable makes you kind of place it, you know, and poets make up words. So relaxable. What does that mean? You get comfortable. You heard people say, you're so comfortable. Why don't you go out of your comfort zone? It's not a comfort zone. It's something you're kind of used to. So since you're used to it, you're not used to building on it. Whereas if you struggled with something, you're used to getting out of the way, getting in the dirt with it and growing from it. But when you've always been kind of even, you're not used to pushing yourself. 
something you are used to getting in the dirt with. I know for me, something I've always struggled with is wanting to be as bold as I wanted to be. You know, sharing what was on my heart in a way that wasn't in some, you know, cookie cutter way. Now, looking at me now, you might be like, well, Heather, you're pretty bold. And I'm definitely getting there, but it's been something that I've really had to work on. And I I had wondered if Kim thought that her level of boldness was either God-given or was that something that could be learned? It is God-given, but it is something you can learn because you have to learn to accept it. And that's mm-hmm. what I had to learn. When I first went and I did poetry and I said, whatever comes out, that's how I am. I'm not going to practice how I'm going to. I didn't decide to be loud. People ask me, did you decide to be loud? No. <laughs> but I am and I'm happy about it because you're going to hear me. You know, when I started, I was like, I wonder if they're going to like me. Now I'm like, you may not like me, but you're going to hear me. And I'm going to be unapologetic in my truth. And I'm not trying to make my truth your truth. I'm trying to get you to hear a different opinion from a different point of view that you wouldn't take it any other way. Because when you come to poetry and you hear something you don't agree with, you don't go, oh, that's ridiculous. You go, let me think about that for a minute. If you're looking for that, how do I approach myself? Because every poet is not loud and they're still heard. So that's the piece that you have to decide. How am I going to be heard that's authentic to me that may push you out of your comfort zone? You're not always supposed to be comfortable. If you're not nervous, you're not chemism, my sayings. If your dreams don't scare you, dream bigger. Every poet is not loud, but they will be heard. Maybe boldness isn't about going against your natural tendencies, but leaning into what feels more you. But how do we do that? You are not in competition with anybody else. This is the mistake we make. I'm going to outdo so-and-so. So-and-so said I wasn't going to be this. So-and-so said I wasn't going to be that. Your biggest competition is old you. Plain and simple, old you, haiku. If you're not racing against yourself, you're on the wrong track. You're not here to outdo anybody, to show them how wrong they are. You're here to show yourself how right you are about you, how whole you are, how you can learn and expand. I have never been that person. I'm going to show so-and-so. You don't have time for that. You get off your path and you start challenging yourself of what people thought or what people said. Stay focused on who you are and who you want to be. Your competition is old you. Second thing I had to keep a hold of was what I call incremental accomplishments because we tend to be all or nothing folks. I want to write a book. I tell people I'm mentoring. What'd you do today? Nothing. Really? Nothing? Yeah, no, I didn't do it. I said, okay, tell me exactly what you did. Kim, I didn't do anything. The book's not friend. Okay, okay. Well, I wrote a chapter. Oh, but Toby did nothing. What you call nothing is called nothing because you're all or nothing person. I'm writing a book. I didn't complete the book, so I did nothing. Your incremental accomplishments matter. And if you don't notice them and count them off as an accomplishment, you'll label them a failure. I didn't do anything. You wrote a chapter in in your book that is doing something. Don't make completion the only success on your ladder. It is not. Incremental accomplishments must be noted, embraced, and celebrated. Haiku. Please recognize your accomplishments or you will label them failures. If you don't recognize your own accomplishments, you will label them failures. So make sure you're checking off those incremental accomplishments. Now, for those of you who actually are literally performing, getting in front of people on stage, whether it be 
poetry or comedy or acting or public speaking, whatever it may be. I asked Kim if she had any advice for us. Definitely getting comfortable in front of a crowd. Some people are just not getting in front of the crowd people. But luckily now with COVID, well, not luckily, unfortunately with COVID, um, a lot of stuff has been online. So that has made a lot of people more comfortable because they're in their home. They get to perform in front of their camera, so they get to get used to it. But I warn them, that's not the same as a live audience. So I don't want you to get comfortable with getting comfortable and then get shocked when you go into the world and be like, oh, they're looking at me. They're right there. You know, why is everybody looking? So it's a different thing when it's just the camera. So don't get comfortable. Yes, be comfortable saying your words in front of people, but understand that a live performance is nothing like a pre-recorded one, Zoom performance, IG performance. Those are separate things. So I don't want you to get comfortable in thinking you got it and then walk on a stage and freeze. So you have to find a different way to address that audience. Sometimes poets feed off of the energy of the audience. Don't get used to that. You may get a quiet audience who's really listening. Not to say the loud ones aren't because they loud because they love what you're saying, but you may get one that's just really reflective and is really just tuning in. And you don't want to be like, oh, they don't like it. They're not singing. They're not snapping. Your words are not based on their applause. Just do you authentically, powerfully you and your point will come across and then someone will get up who you thought hated what you said and be like, you really touched me. And you'll be like, I didn't think you even got what I was saying. Because instead of doing your poem, you're trying to read the audience. Do your poem. One of the interesting things I've been exploring is figuring out the dance, the balance between action and ambition and goals, but also to practicing spirituality and intention and energy and all of that stuff. Sometimes people lean more one way or the other, but I think there's this beautiful balance between the two. And I wondered how Kim processes through that. So my process in building is, first of all, to decide, is there a way for me to get there wholeheartedly by myself? Can Kim get Kim to Madison Square Garden? That's my first question. I work the best of my ability doing everything poetic that I know how. Can I get myself there with no one else's intervention? So that's my first question. It is a possible yes, and it's a possible no. It's not a definite on either side. Is it possible that they could call me and see me on something? Absolutely, because things happen every day. So I put that in a possible category. Now I go, where I'm at today, what am I going to do to foster poetry to the best of my ability? Madison Square Garden, I will get there. But right now, today, I need to foster Kim, and I need to foster poets, and I need to foster Prince William County and a Prince William County Poet Laureate, first African-American Poet Laureate. So I have to foster my county and every person I encounter, I need to touch, not physically, but with words, because words feed people who didn't even know they were hungry. For instance, I can say a poem about being broken. I'll do a haiku on one. Haiku. They thought they broke you, but you're a glow stick. They just exposed your light. Now, you may have come to the audience and been like, oh, that's the... Wait a minute. It gets you when someone says something, even if you didn't think about yourself being broken, when you figure out the times in your life that you didn't think you quite fit in or you were the right person for the job or all the things, the doubts and the things that you let get in your way, it touches you. All right, y'all, we've talked about the fun stuff. We talked about being more bold. We talked about creative process. We've talked about all that. But you know what we got to get into now, okay? We heard some cool akus. We heard all these things. 
But now we got to get into some stuff. Y'all know what I'm about to say. The business side. The business side of getting your voice out there, building a brand around what you're passionate about. When you're creative, you have to get on the business side. We just want to stay on that. All right. And things will flow toward me. But that's, I tell people all the time, Beyonce is the business. Start off creative. That's a beautiful thing because you didn't want to go into it for money. Beautiful. Now you're transitioning. You're building your brand. Now you have to decide how you're going to build your brand. And it gets scary when you start talking about branding and, oh, who do I talk to about it? So, you, and then you can find out your niche. How do you find your niche? You say, okay, but there's so many poets out there. I don't want to hear that. Nobody goes to the bread aisle and says, dang, there's so much bread here. No one goes to the car dealership. Why there's so many brands? Why there's so many models? Why don't you have one? So stop using that as your crutch. So let's give it to that crutch. There's not too many. You just have to find your distinction. Okay, Kim, that was great. How do I find my distinction, man? Okay. Sometimes it's getting outside of your comfort zone. Haiku, I did a lot of them. I was not going to do a one. I'm going to be honest. 17 syllables, that's restrictive. Who wants to write 17 syllables? I could just write freehand. Why should I use that little structure? And then I was like, well, it's challenging. And I'm up for a challenge. And that's how I got into haikus, because I challenged myself to do it. And then I went to a contest. How do you expand? I said, well, let's see. You think you're pretty good. Let's go to a competition. Made it to the final stage. Ended up winning. I'm not saying you have to turn into a slam poet because I am not a slam poet. I just occasionally go into competitions with haiku because that's what I truly love. And I don't do it all the time because because I truly love it. I don't want to compete in it all the time. So you find ways to expand what you're doing. For me, for poetry, I went into haikus then I went into branding it on T-shirts, mugs, frames, 3D canvas. I decided to expand my brand myself through books and things of that nature. So what you're going to do is not find a traditional, I call it traditional path. Traditional paths may work, but it may not. This was not a traditional path I took when I put it in frames and stuff. People would come over and be like, how did you? I said, well, people would come over and ask me for it. So I decided to put it in frames and different things and make it creatively so. And luckily I have the ability to do it myself. So you have abilities to expand your brand yourself. Don't get stuck on the traditional path. If no one else has ever done it, doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. Before our very last clip from Kim, please make sure you connect with her at KimBMiller.com. That is linked in the show notes. I hope her words encourage you to find your own voice and remember that it is there. We just have to give it permission to be heard. We'll sign off with Kim's final thoughts on something she would tell her younger self, that young little girl before she became a poet, before she was known for her boldness, before winning awards and touching so many lives. What would she tell that little girl. Fear is a liar. Don't listen to it. It's self-taught, self-grown, and self-inflicted. If you erase your own fear, fear has to go.